everybody. This is Anna and Brian from Amata World Podcast. And today we have our next guest for Web3 episode, Thomas, who is CEO and co-founder of Infinity Labs. How Thomas? How are you? Hello. How are you? I'm good. Perfect. And you? Good, good. Can you give some small introduction to yourself, your background and uh, Infinity Labs? Yeah, for sure. So I always been passionate about tech. I used to be a tech recruiter specializing in cybersecurity and infrastructure till I think last year. I started to be in the Web3 space in 2016 when I started investing in crypto and then NFT in 2020 and we opened Infinity Labs about a year and a half or two years ago. And so Infinity Labs is a Web3 consulting agency. So we help brands and company to kind of make the move from Web2 to Web3 helping them on strategy, on marketing, on community management. Um, and we're a team of seven French startup. And yeah, that's uh, that's the story. Nice. That's a really interesting switch. Can you sort of describe uh, maybe a little bit more in detail? How did you, you know, come across Web3 and what made you attracted to, you know, the field? Why did you get interested in it? Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I've always been into tech and I also always loved investment, any kind of new investment. So a friend of me was investing in crypto back in 2016, and he was just like, hey, you should check it up. You know, Ethereum is really interesting, Bitcoin too, and it's a new tech. So I just kind of did my research, deep dive on it, and I just was like, okay, that's the next revolution for me, because it was just bringing a new, you know, sort of transparency, new form of exchange and transfer of money also. At the origins, you know, Bitcoin was the first kind of transaction system that was not with the intervention of a bank of, of a tier, you know, it was P2P. And so for me, it was just like, okay, this is next level. And, and I think like there is so many possibilities with this tech for so many different industries that it will become mainstream at some point. So I started to invest in this and then like just started to develop my network from, from friends, you know, but a lot of French people were into this already. So just started to develop my network and then just keep investing, deep dive on different new projects. And then like the space got way more developed. We've seen the operation of a lot of new concepts, a lot of new utilization of the blockchain. And so I just kept, you know, going in this space and then NFTs arrived. And then I got the opportunity to work on, on my first project. And then like everything, you know, started from here. And then we opened Infinity Labs and built a team. And, and now we're still here <laughs> pretty much. Actually, you're very curious about to hear more about the projects you're working in right now. Can you give some examples, at least the ones you can share any? Yeah, of course, of course. We we can share everything. We're still working with Black Paris, but it's been a, now more than a year. But we still work with them because I still advise them. I still manage the Web3 part of it. It's a, it's a fashion brand that we've developed the project like more than a year ago. And so we still work with them. We also still work with Vitality, the French esports team. That is one of the top three esports teams in Europe. So same thing. We've worked on their project about seven or eight months ago, but we're still managing the community. And most recently, we started working with Michelin, which is a big Web2 giant, French giant, that they do tires. They do a lot of things in hospitality, in restoration, and in uh, automobile. We still work with them. The project is not minted yet. It should mint like the 12th September. And we're actually working with them on community management, bit of strategy. And now we start to do marketing 
for the bus week. Wow, that sounds like a, re- a lot of really interesting projects. I'm really curious about, you know, you mentioned Michelin. Like, how does that project look like? Because you don't always think of, you know, Michelin. And- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, when you think about Michelin, everyone thinks just about the tires. But the thing is, there is also the, the Guide Michelin. And the Guide Michelin is the, the book that put all the restaurants that have, like, some stars, you know, like, really good restaurant. They have all the good hotels. They also participate and organize or sponsor a lot of F1 racing tournament. So they do pretty much a lot of things. And so if you don't think only about the tires, you see a lot of potential for a lot of utilities. So the way it's going to go is the NFTs design side are going to be the Bimadam, you know, their logo. A bit like walking, kind of like imaginary ones, avatars, you know. So it's going to be this in terms of design. And then, then in terms of utility, we're going to see a lot of things like discount in stars, restaurants, discount in a hotel, invitation to racing course, like a lot of different utilities around everything that they do and around their, their sponsors. So sponsors and partners. So I think it's going to be one of these projects where it's a huge web two company that provide real utility, like real world utility, real life utility to their holder. So I'm pretty excited about that because we've seen a lot of big brands going to Web3, but it was really like not useless, but they didn't find any cool utilities. And I think like Michelin is going the, the good way, you know, because it's going to provide like real things that people can do when use, you know. So I think it's going to be different, I would say. And for example, for the fashion industry, so the company you mentioned, um, is it kind of the same project? So I'm try- just trying to understand how. No, for, 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 for the fashion, it's the brand we've worked with is Black Paris. So it's a fashion brand that was created in 2017, if I'm correct. So it's a French brand, but for some reason, it's really famous in Asia. So that's where they develop the most. So they have, I think, about 10 stores open across Asia between Japan, Taiwan, China and all. And then... I think they're opening a store in New York in about a month. And then it's going to be, I think, in California. So they are growing pretty fast. And it was really a digital brand in a way that they started off Instagram. Now they have more than 1.3 million followers. So it's really kind of a, a big brand, but not like a big maison like Louis Vuitton or, or else. But it's more of a lifestyle brand. So they don't do only clothing. They do pretty much everything with the black aesthetics. So they can do different sort of home products, different sort of things like for decoration, clothes, they can do cars. They do a lot of partnership with other brands or other establishments. For example, uh, we have a collaboration with W Hotels where you can go get a black afternoon tea party. So everything you eat or drink is black and it's like one time a week. This is in Taiwan, for example. So it's it's more about bringing the black aesthetics and the monochrome style in a lot of different environments, a lot of different products through collaboration or things like that. So um, we've worked with them for now a year and a half, I would say. We we released their NFT projects back in May 2022, I think. And the concept of it that we've created was using the NFT as kind of the next generation loyalty program. So pretty much if you like the brand and you get an NFT, you get 15% discount lifetime until, I mean, while you hold it, of course. 
And then like, if you go for five NFT, you go 20%, 10 NFT, you go 25% and so on. Plus you get access to limited collections that are designed only for the holders of the NFTs. You get access to IRL events that were organized like worldwide, where I've organized some in London, some in Paris. So, uh, and there is more to come, of course. And then you have access to early access to some collaboration. For example, we've done collaboration with Fortnite and our holders were the first one to be able to get some product. So it's really a loyalty program like 2.0 or 3.0 since we're in Web3, but pretty much, yeah, I think it's it's really cool also for branding, for, you know, just create tight-knit community and bring a lot of utility to it. That's really interesting. It sounds like you're working across multiple different platforms to provide the entire experience. So you mentioned Fortnite. Are there any other platforms that you work with? Fortnite was a collaboration with Black Paris and it was more a closing collaboration. So Black Paris designed some closing for Fortnite and it was so, it was more of a web two partnership, but we do work with a lot of different industries because we worked with fashion. We work with esport, with gaming, now with Michelin that is kind of uh, in different industry at the same time. So it's really a lot of different companies. And I think it's really interesting because you get to kind of analyze a lot of different business and services and try to create utility with those. And so it's, it's a different work every time. I think it's, it's really like, you know, super exciting. And so you're based in Paris, like for yes. people who don't know. <laughs> yes. um, and can you, can you tell us how different is the web free community in Paris? Yeah, for sure. So I don't know if it's different, but I do know that it's, one of the most active and engaged I've seen because I've, I've, I've been to a lot of different countries for Web3 events specifically. And when you go like anywhere, you know, I've been to NFT New York, I've been to NFT London, I've been to NFT Lisbon, been to Dubai. So a lot of different places and anywhere you go, there is like most of the French people I know that are like builders or founders or just like people that are in the space in France, like you, you meet them everywhere. You see that the French community is pretty big because we're just global. Like they travel a lot. They go to every event they can. We see also a lot of French projects, NFT projects, also a lot of French companies that work in crypto or blockchain or all that. We've seen Ledger. Ledger is French. Binance just put its European headquarter in France. We have uh, Forar. We have Dogami. But it's a lot of big projects that are French. And I think that French people are really invested into Web3. So I'm pretty bullish on us on this side. And I think for once, we're not late to the game. Like, you know, French people usually were a bit late after the US and all, like on innovation and, and things like that. But I feel like in Web3, we took the, we took the thing like early and, and a lot of people did it. So when I travel, I see that in other country, there is maybe less uh, global knowledge about crypto or blockchain than here but maybe it's it's because like it's paris maybe outside of paris maybe it's a bit different but for paris i feel like there is a huge like community of builders and a lot of events and, and it's a good space to build you know yeah absolutely i think i heard a lot about nft paris this year as well like there's a lot of good things about yeah it was pretty big it was nft paris last week was ethcc was also huge i mean ethcc the event was already huge, but we had, I had a, a Google sheet with about 250 side events across the week. Wow. So like Paris is small. <laughs> you see 250 side events is, is huge, really. Yeah. So I think it's growing pretty fast, you know. Definitely. 
did I'm just curious also about like so there was the the big thing with FTX that affected a lot of different crypto projects. Was that something that affected your company as well? So, in a way, yes, but not not that much. It was not like a big thing. It's more of after FTX, it did a lot of damage to the space, like overall, like a lot of people lost money, lost trust also because it went really viral. Everyone was talking about it. So, of course, we had some clients that lost a lot of money because that's, you know, their funds on FTX and all. So, we had some project that we had either to postpone, either to cancel. So, of course, at this time, it was... You know, it was a bit of a mess, but I would say like two, three weeks after we, we had like the same amount of project going on and it was just like the brands and the institution and all they were still building, you know, it didn't stop them. So since we work mostly with web two entities that wants to go there, I, it didn't change a lot for us, but it's more of overall, like the masses, they lost trust after that. And I think that's like the major part is now we have kind of to gain trust or to bring trust to the masses and just try to explain like blockchain. But I mean, it's also because we're early, plus we have big news like that, that are like bad looking and just like make you lose like your trust in this. So we will recover. Of course, it did a lot of damage, but I mean, since I started in 2016, I've seen so many things like that. It's just that this one went viral because it was bull run and everyone was talking about crypto. But I've seen so many different platforms closing or things like that, that I'm not like, I'm not surprised and I'm, I'm okay with it. Like, it's just like part of, you know, adoption, I would say. It seems that crypto industry can change pretty quickly, but especially like taking into account the latest news about XRP and do, do you have, well, what do, what do you think, how it will impact the game crypto industry right now? Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely XRP is kind of like the opposite move of, FTX, it, to me, it's bringing trust right now. It's pretty funny because XRP, I, I had a lot of XRP, like when I started, like maybe 2017, it was one of the first project I discovered and, and I bought because I think it was really bringing a solution to global issue, which was like, I, I used to live in the US, like uh, when I was younger and, you know, for, to do like bank transfer from France to US, it was pretty expensive and it used to take like three to five days and XRP came and they were like, okay, you can do transfer like for cents and it's like almost instant. And they were going like to talk with a lot of different banks and signing a lot of deals. So I was like, okay, this is the next step. Like if they implement it in banks worldwide, like first it's resolved like a huge issue, but also it's just going to get global. But then like a couple of years after the SEC started their lawsuit, and of course, it was really bad news. The token just like stay low, like since then. And I think it was last week or, or so, but they won the lawsuit. And so I think it's a really good news because a couple of weeks before they won, the SEC started like to just kind of target a lot of security token, a lot of crypto. And it was overall really bad for the space. I think it, it did a pretty big crack on the market. So I think since this, one was well known and everyone knows XRP in the space. Everyone know it for years and everyone was following kind of this lawsuit. And I think that it's just like a major win for the space against the SEC, against like regulation and all. So I think it can bring a lot of confidence in the future of crypto, you know. So I'm I'm super bullish. I think the market is the same as me because we've seen like the price raise more than 80% 
when they won the lawsuit. Now they are like the seventh biggest trading volume, like XRP. So I think it's it's really good. They are listing on getting listed on more platforms now, uh, and I think it's just the start. Like it's one of the first lost from the SEC, and hopefully is not the the last one. But I think like we'll see some bright years for XRP now. Nice. I think you know just following on that. Do you see any kind of I don't know、uh, trends since now that you know the, with the news of XRP coming and people having more confidence in the space? Are you seeing like new kinds of projects coming out more? People who were previously sort of I guess on the fence, kind of undecided, have they started jumping on you know to explore crypto a bit more? I think maybe it was not like big enough in a way that. It was good for people that are in the space because it brings us confidence, and people that follow, like, I think it's good. But it was not big enough to just bring back the hype and bring back, like、uh, the the confidence and all that. I think it's a first step. It's good, but it's like we're still in bear market. So I would say everyone, it's always like that. You know, you're in bear market. No one look at crypto or or NFTs or blockchain. No one talks about it or. Only negatively, press and media talk about it. Like,、oh, okay, NFTs are dead, crypto is dead, Bitcoin is dead. But then, like, you have a new bull run cycle, and every time it's the opposite. When, once everything is really high, like, okay, it's the future; it's gonna reach a billion, and everyone talk about it, and everyone is super positive. And I think like it's gonna be pretty much the same. It's a question of cycle. So XRP was a good news, but I think like we need a series of good news before like we go for a new bull run. And usually bull run,、uh, I say usually because I'm I'm not medium, and it's always like really hard to to predict and tell. But usually the halving of Bitcoin is a good start for the bull run. So I would expect on my side, but it's just like my opinion. But I would expect maybe a, a new bull run. Like March, April, or May in 2024, you know the beginning, and then like maybe we'll reach the peak like for 2025 or so. That that's my expectation. Is it really hard to bring new customers, or like how how did you get Michelin on board with that? Did they approach you, or you kind of find a way how to? As but as so, how do you go about? Do you educate them first, or? So it really depends the level of knowledge they have, like for the education side. But to be honest, even if they have some knowledge, we always have to educate along the way. Like it's part of how we build. Since we help them on strategy, we also have to explain our decision and why we do things this way. So you always have to educate and tell them, like, okay, the space is different. Like the communication is not the same as what two. The marketing is not the same. The community doesn't react the same. So it's always a big work on. How to adapt? Because big web two companies usually they they have their ways of communication, they have their ways of everything, and it's so different in web three that sometimes they don't get it. You know, they they are just like okay, but it, it doesn't work like that. But in this space, yes, it does. You know, so you have to adapt. So always, always you have to educate. Then, like how we find new customers, usually it's mostly from our network. To be honest, and I communicate also a lot on LinkedIn. I do a lot of posts. I try to kind of educate or talk about use cases or things like that.、And、so this plus a lot of events where we go. So we meet a lot of people in events, and usually, like in events, it's decision maker or you know big industries that are there because they are curious and they want to know more or they are looking for you know partners and things like that. Or it's more like word to mouth, like in a way that 
it's through our network. They know that we worked on this project, this project, and this project. And they're like, okay, I know this team, like you should call them. So usually it goes like that. To be honest, of course, if I tell you we are the same amount of client and project than like six months ago during the, the bull market, I would lie. Of course, like we are feeling it like everyone. We do have less projects because people are more afraid and they're right. You know, with the launching a new project right now is really hard. Maybe it's going to cost more money and maybe generate also less money. So I would say it's not a good time to, to launch. It's a good time to build, you know, start building now and really see like when the time is better, I think it's the, the best way. So of course it's less client, but for us it's okay because it's, it gives us just more time to develop like our company, like put more process, create new strategies, analyze more projects. You know, it, it's just like time to, to build for us. So I don't mind, but of course, like the question is like, work enough to be ready for when the market start again. Then I think everyone will uh, start again, launching a lot of projects and, you know, companies are still building, but before we had companies and we had also like a lot of sort of private investors that had like some ideas or some concepts and some angel money. And so they were building project. Those people, they disappeared for now because like most of them, they cannot raise funds anymore. So now it's only kind of web two brands that want to go web three. And so it's of course less than bull run, you know? Absolutely. I think, I feel like when, when it comes to like the web three community and the outlook for the future yeah, here in London, I think we share the same sentiment kind of now in this market, it's, it's about building. So no one's going out to start new ambitious projects just yet. But how have you find that working with the bigger brands, have they been able to like um, say adopt the, the community principles of, of web tree are their existing customers kind of easy to onboard into that experience you think yeah definitely so most of them they adapt because of course they have no choice in a way that usually we take care of the communication so for some for example michelin we couldn't take it because you know it's just a really really big brand so they are really careful about their communication but it's okay because it's a really, really big brand. So they don't really have to play the game of go for more storytelling or, you know, they have to do it, but not like crazy. If you're a smaller brand, like, of course, you have to really adapt the communication and all, but usually we do it. So it's okay. And then like for the customer side, it's a bit different for Black Paris. For example, we had a big challenge because it was 1.3 million followers on Instagram, huge, huge community and really engaged. But Instagram is really not good, like in terms of conversion, like to bring people from Instagram to Twitter or to Discord is really hard. And usually it's, it's expensive too, like to do some marketing on Instagram. So it was more of trying to explain their customers the different advantages that they would have, like if they joined the NFT project. But the goal was also to not talk too much technical and too much web three. It was more like, okay, like this is a digital loyalty program. This is a digital collectible instead of NFT. So really kind of vulgarize the way we communicate to their customer show the utilities and try to onboard them like through, of course, like credit card payment and, you know, just simplify the, the overall user experience, the communication, so everyone can understand it. And we had the same also with Vitality, which is a big esport team. They have also like 1.5 million followers, I think, just on, on Instagram and 
maybe like 600 or 700k on Twitter. So really big following. And as you may know, like in gaming, people, gamers, they, they don't really like Web3 for most of them. Like they're even like against it. So it was really hard because we had to do a Web3 project with only like a 100% gaming community that are like really hardcore gamers. And so it was really about communicating the good way, not using NFT, not using uh, blockchain words, but really just using the tech and just using like the mechanism, but not communicating on it, just like communicate as, okay, this is a new community experience. Like you will be able to be rewarded, like depending on how you support your team, you know, and everything will be tracked like the data and all through blockchain, but it's not like classic NFT project, you know? So it was the same. It was, it was a free mint and they even paid the gas fee. So they wanted a really frictionless experience where their, their fans, their customers, they would just come and get an NFT, but with absolutely zero wallet or zero crypto needed. So it was just really, a, I would say like a branding and community experience and community project, you know? So every time it's so different. Actually, would like to hear a bit more your hopes and predictions for the future of Freefield and your company as well. Yeah, for sure. Future of Web3, honestly, I'm super bullish. I've been in the space now for a couple of years and, uh, and it's even more bullish than before in a way that I still think we're really early, but I think that mass adoption is not that far. Uh, I'm, I would not be surprised if in five to 10 years, like most of the people were either like, using crypto or investing in it because we, I mean, there is a reason behind everything and we see all the banks are going for crypto investment or crypto ETFs or things like that. They all like signed uh, recently, like to get some uh, Bitcoin ETF. So you see a lot of banks going for it. You see all the VCs, the VCs that start to invest and do a lot of bags of crypto. You see all the big brands and uh, different industries like across the world that are just doing NFT project or crypto project or using blockchain for traceability, for counterfeit. So I think that there is so many possibility and different use of the blockchain and it's becoming so mainstream at a higher level that I think that the mass adoption is coming, you know, and we're on the good way. It's of course more regulation, more laws, more things, but it's part of adoption. And so... I think that we'll see more and more real world use of blockchain. So I'm super bullish like for the next 10 years. And of course, like my startup, uh, I will try to be here in 10 years because when you are early, that's when you can have a lot of potential for growth. So I would say where I see ourselves in 10 years would be maybe multinational companies, maybe with different offices and just working with a lot of different brands, creating like new concepts and new use of the blockchain. That's, that's a dream pretty much. <laughs> That's a dream that all entrepreneurs should have. You know, you can't, you won't be in this journey if you didn't have a dream, really. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So um, I'd like to give you a few minutes, Thomas, just to leave a few last words for our listeners. You know, how can they connect with you? How can you find out more about the, the stuff that you're doing? For sure. First, thanks, Anna and, and Brian, for the, the podcast. I think it's my second one or third one. So it was really cool. And then, like, for everyone that listen, if ever you, have a project or just want to talk or I don't know anything, you can just reach me either on LinkedIn. I think my name will be displayed on the, on the podcast, but you can add me on LinkedIn. You can go on our website or, or on our Twitter. 
feel free to send a message or you can pretty much find my number also pretty easily. So feel free to reach, really open to, to discussion for anything. So don't hesitate. Thank you so much for finding some time. And yeah, guys, if you want to be one of the first ones, one of the early adopters for Michelin, on the <laughs> yes, in touch with Thomas. Reach me. <laughs> we'll include all the links in the yeah. description, so Great. you'll be easy to find. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank, Thank you so much. Um, have a great day. Oh, and yeah. thanks for listening. Thank you. Have a good Bye. one. Bye.